Think on your feet for our Fast and Curious 5K, a -a one-of-a-kind race hosted by WBEZ and the Chicago Sun-Times on Saturday, July 27th at Humboldt Park. More info and early bird registration at wbez.org slash events. From WBEZ Chicago, I'm Mary Dixon, and this is Reset. Roe v. Wade is no longer. In its ruling in Dobbs v. Jackson Women's Health Organization, the Supreme Court made it crystal clear there is no longer a constitutional right to an abortion in this country. The decision eliminates a precedent that stood for nearly 50 years. The court's six conservative justices voted in the majority and three liberal justices dissented. It's up to individual states now. They have the authority to limit or ban access to abortion, and total or near-total bans are likely to go into effect in about half of U.S. states. But that does not include Illinois, where abortion remains legal. Here to help us break this down is Amanda Becker, She's Washington correspondent for the 19th, the nonprofit newsroom that reports on gender, politics, and policy. Also with us is WBEZ public health and politics reporter Kristen Schorsch. So, Amanda, first, this news today, it's huge, but it is not exactly a surprise considering the leaked draft opinion that we saw in early May, right? Correct, yeah. I mean, even before that leaked opinion, people who were listening to the oral arguments I knew that this was very likely, and that leaked opinion really drove that home, and that's exactly what we're seeing today. This is a full reversal. This is fully overturning Roe v. Wade and uh, Casey, um, another big, um, important decision protecting abortion rights. And you are in Washington, Amanda. What's, What's going on there? What have you been seeing and hearing? So I will head down to the court later. Um, I have been sitting uh, in my apartment, like many reporters today, furiously reading these 250 pages worth of opinions, concurrences, and dissents. Um, So once my stories are out, I will head down to the court and check out the scene there. They did erect a fence a couple of weeks ago um, around the court, so people won't be able to get as close as they typically can. And we did just hear on NPR News that there are people uh, who are both abortion rights advocates and anti-abortion rights advocates who are starting to to demonstrate around the high court building. And we are going to hear from President Biden at 11.33 or thereabouts. Uh, Kristen Schorsch, abortion is still legal in Illinois, and we're going to get more into the implications for Illinois residents in a bit. But what should people who live in Illinois um, know about the decision this morning? Right. So that is the key takeaway. Um, Governor Pritzker is in the middle of a press conference as we speak, said abortion remains legal in Illinois, even though Roe v. Wade has been overturned. Um, He and other political officials encouraged people who have appointments for abortions to keep those appointments, to make appointments, Um, really emphasize that people who live in other states, that Illinois is a haven, Um, also announced that there will be a special session for the General Assembly in Illinois to further protect abortion. Didn't offer many specifics, but we can get into that a little later. Okay, great. Um, Amanda, let's get into the Supreme Court decision. Remind us what the Dobbs case argued. So the Dobbs case is about a law in Mississippi that prohibited abortions after 15 weeks with some limited health-related exceptions. Um, So this was not as strict as, you know, some of the so-called heartbeat laws that take effect as early as six weeks of pregnancy. This is a 15-week law. Um, It was a straight ban with just that couple of life uh, and health exceptions, and uh, that is what the court used to overturn Roe. 
And the 14th Amendment, it, it is mentioned a lot in the decision. Can you explain for us who don't remember con law what that amendment guarantees? Yeah, the 14th Amendment kind of protects all of the things that you need, um, you know, privacy for to maintain your personal liberties. Um, so that would include, you know, they, there are many decisions that kind of use the 14th Amendment, starting with kind of contraception. Um, there was a, a case called Griswold that said that married couples could use contraception. Um, there were, it was underpinning the marriage equality decision um, in the Supreme Court about a decade ago. Uh, it, you know, this is kind of about facets of public life, of being an American, um, that you maybe, you know, want to keep to yourself and that that's necessary for how you live your life. And and also Roe was ruled on the basis of a right to privacy. And in both the opinion and in Justice Thomas's concurrence, they do mention Oberfell, which guaranteed um, the right to same-sex marriages, and Lawrence, which was the right to engage in private consensual sexual acts, among some others. Um, are, are there implications there? There are. And I mean, the, the, the dissent, which I've now read twice, um, it's pretty blistering on this front. They're saying, you know, the majority opinion is trying to say we're not coming after those standards, that it's simply limited to this. But what would be the legal basis for that? They haven't provided any because they're all grounded in the same ideas. So if you say one is, no, is not what was intended, then how can the others be? Um, and so they even point out that Thomas says in his own concurrence that, you know, he casts skepticism on whether those laws will stand or whether the court might look at overturning those as well. I think we can go to the phones right now um, and talk to Beth from Rogers Park. Good morning, Beth. Hello. Thank you for taking my call. Sure. What What are you thinking about this this morning? Well, it's the fact that it, it won't affect me personally, but it will affect poor women uh, primarily women of color, you know, rural areas in these trigger law states that they can't go anywhere to have this health care provided for them. And I just can't, I'm just having a really hard time. You know, if, if conservatives were so concerned about preventing unwanted pregnancies and abortion, there would be comprehensive sex education you know, starting in middle school, and, and but they're against that. And I just, uh, it's about controlling women and keeping people, you know, a cycle of poverty. Well, thank you for, for calling in today, Beth. Uh, let, let's talk to Deborah in the South Loop. Deborah, good morning. What are you thinking today? Hi, uh, thank you. Um, I'm really appalled, but not surprised. Uh, I think we need to think about what this means about how people think about women. Women are not really people. There is not a single man that would agree to have his body controlled in this way. I am a psychiatrist. I had an abortion before Roe v. Wade. And I remember as a psychiatric resident telling, filling out forms stating that women would be psychiatrically impaired if they didn't get abortions, they certainly would have been upset. I'm not sure they would have gotten psychotic, but it encouraged us to do whatever was possible. And I think, you know, Florence Kennedy years ago said that if men could get pregnant, abortion would be a sacrament. And I think we should think about that right now because this is a real attack against the personhood of women. 
Thank you for giving us that perspective, Deborah. Let's go back to Amanda from the 19th. Um, There has been a lot of talk about these trigger bans. Could you remind us what a trigger ban is and what this means for states that have those laws in effect? Yeah, so there are two ways now that laws are going to start to take effect in states that have banned um, abortion in some capacity. Um, One is laws that were already on the books pre-Roe. Um, And so those will take effect again um, now that it's been overturned. The other are trigger laws that have been passed. They're essentially laws that say, um, if Roe is ever overturned, uh, we are going to do this to restrict abortion, whether it's a full ban or a partial ban or, you know, creating some additional barriers that Roe and Casey would have previously prevented. So there are 13 states that have those kind of trigger laws. And I think about 26 overall that have either a trigger law or a law previously on the books that will restrict abortion in some way. And Kristen Schorsch, most of our neighbors, in fact, I believe all of our neighbors, have something like that. Uh, can you tell us about what neighboring states to Illinois will have these trigger bans going into effect today? Well, I know that um, Illinois is yes, considered an oasis because so many of the border states um, either heavily restrict or are expected to heavily restrict abortion. And so what that means for Illinois in protecting abortion is that the state is expecting tens of thousands of additional out-of-state patients. So that's what providers have been preparing for for months. Um, you know, in terms of capacity, can they handle that? That's a big question. In- and and so I know uh, we just heard about Missouri's trigger ban. Kentucky's takes effect immediately. Uh, Tennessee has one. Iowa and Ohio have six-week bans that will most likely be endorsed now. And then there are so-called zombie laws, Amanda, which I believe will, will happen in Wisconsin. Can you tell us about that, Amanda? Um, I, I would need to look at Wisconsin specifically, but zombie laws are kind of the ones that I was describing a couple minutes ago where— okay. um, They might not be enforced currently, but it's technically still on the books, but they were not enforceable either because of Roe or because of Casey in the early 90s. Um, But now that Roe and Casey have been overturned, any pre-existing law restricting abortion that might have been, you know, put on pause or tossed out by the courts based on those things will now take effect again. Uh, I was referring to Wisconsin, and earlier this week, Governor Evers had called a special session, but the Republican majority in the Wisconsin Assembly refused to take action to remove a a law from the 1840s, which I do believe is one of these so-called zombie laws. Kristen Schorsch, you were listening to Governor Pritzker's address this morning. You were referring to it uh, earlier. What are your takeaways from that? Yeah. Um, You know, he was obviously making a very impassioned Um, speech and plea, you know, again, this big message that abortion remains legal in Illinois. You know, he brought up um, Ward 41 at the old Cook County Hospital, who's essentially saying we need to revisit the past to understand what the future could be. And Ward 41 was dedicated to botched abortions. He was saying from 1961 to 65, Ward 41 managed more than 20,000 illegal abortions. And he worries that you know, with Roe v. Wade being overturned, that we could be returning to that. You know, so, you know, again, he was saying that abortion was illegal. He did not say anything specific about this special session that the General Assembly will be convening. Um, But in a statement that I received earlier today, um, Illinois 
Illinois Attorney General Kwame Raoul had mentioned that, I think this is kind of alluding to what could happen, that there need to be safeguards in place under state law to ensure that women and providers are protected from those who would use this decision to obstruct access to abortion care. We've seen this concern that in other states, you know, they might try and um, allow private citizens or in some way, you know, to sue people who provide abortions or help people get abortions. And so, you know, it sounds like this would be a way to make sure that in Illinois, nobody could be sued for doing that. Which is the law in some other states, like I believe Texas, is that correct? Right. Texas allows private citizens to sue anybody who helps getting an abortion. And we do uh, have some audio from Governor Pritzker's news conference earlier. Why don't we hear what he had to say? Let me make this explicit and clear to women throughout our state, throughout the Midwest and our nation. Illinois will be a safe haven for the exercise of your reproductive rights. In Illinois, Roe v. Wade is still the law. In Illinois, we will not go back. And again, Governor J.B. Pritzker of Illinois calling for a special session in Springfield, although, Kristen, as you've said, it's a little amorphous what they're planning to do. We are in an election year in Illinois. What are the implications? I was going to say, that was one of the things brought up at the presser, is that Um, Another state lawmaker said, game on. This is an election issue. So, you know, Governor Pritzker is running for re-election. And so right now we have a pro-choice governor, a pro-choice state legislature. If, if, um, you know, the governor loses, if the legislature becomes um, more opposing abortion, you know, that our laws could uh, potentially be repealed. Like the Reproductive Health Act that the governor signed pretty much codifying abortion into law. So that that is the concern. Um, but it sounds like, you know, on the on the side of lawmakers who um, support abortion, when you talk about game on this being an election season, it sounds like they're really going to emphasize that Illinois is a safe haven for abortion. That's all for today's Reset. We'll be following the future of access to abortion in the United States very closely, so stick with this podcast to get the latest. And we want to hear from you. How are you reacting to the news? What's going through your mind now that Roe v. Wade has been overturned? Leave us a message at 888-915-9945. I'm Mary Dixon. Thanks for listening. We'll meet again soon. Hi, it's Terry Gross, the host of Fresh Air. We bring you in-depth, long-form interviews with actors, directors, musicians, authors, journalists, and more. Listen to our Peabody Award-winning Fresh Air podcast from WHYY and NPR.